0: Welcome to a brand new edition of You Ons. I'm Omar Moore. Cobblestones and fiddlesticks at the Vic. Brentford find a way against Watford. Or, shall I say, Watford find a way to lose their club record... 10th consecutive home match, Watford 1, Brentford 2. I'll be talking a bit about this match and a lot about why this match went the way it did, as well as some of the things off the field that have led to this particular moment and led to a visit back to the championship. All of that's coming up on this brand new edition of you... <laughs> Welcome back to a brand new edition of YouOs. I'm Omar Moore. Watford against Brentford not a pretty sight for sore eyes at all at the Vic as for the 10th consecutive time Watford lost at home a club record extended 10 consecutive defeats not since November 20th of 2022 have Watford won a home game not since then have they picked up a single solitary point and that At home is unacceptable and that leads to what's called relegation which is exactly what will be happening to Watford Football Club at the end of this season and only six games separate Watford from the championship. It is now a formality play out the rest of the string and take your seat in the championship next season. It's really hard to come back from the championship to the Premier League. It takes a lot of dedication, motivation, and mindset, and nouse, and consistency. But the only consistent thing Watford have done this season is lose. They've lost 22 games this season in the Premier League. 22. And they are still six remaining on the schedule of games. These fixtures will not be kind to Watford, especially the one next week against Manchester City at the Etihad. But before we even get to the Etihad, let's stick to what happened at Brentford. Or rather, let's stick to what happened at the Vic. In fact, both of these games have a similar resemblance, except the fact that for one of them, Watford scored first. But both of them yielded the exact same result, a 2-1 defeat. And both of those defeats happened in the final minute of the game. Back in November, Watford scored first through Emmanuel Dennis. He scored today in the very same game, except at the VIC. And in the game in December, Brentford scored two goals to win the game, two one, including a ninety-fourth minute penalty, thanks to a very, very stupid mistake in the box, a foul in the penalty box by Truesta Kong. The same was said about today's game. The game that really saw a horrible play from Watford in the first half, allowing Norgaard to come in unmarked and score what would be, I think, the key goal of the game, that first goal in the first half for Brentford. Watford came out tepidly. They showed a couple of minutes of endeavour in the first few minutes, but after that, Nothing else resembling any kind of fight, nothing else resembling the kinds of tweets that we saw during the week from some Watford players who were exhorting the team and exhorting the fans in the belief that they would fight on and keep digging their heels in. But what we saw on the pitch, of course, and we've seen it all season long, is a complete opposite to the actual words that are being tweeted. That are being spoken both before and after the match. A gulf in reality. A gulf in what is being said. And what in fact we are seeing with our very eyes. Watford were miserable in the first half of this game against Brentford. With all of what had gone before. In the previous week. Just seven days prior. Watford were at home. Against Leeds United. And didn't turn up outside of 15 minutes of that game, didn't turn up. And that continued in the game against Brentford. No excuses at all. It was a repeat performance. In fact, it was even worse. Watford threw away a first half, did not compete in the first half, did not care in the first half. Sound familiar? Watford were not at it at all. And they were lodged where they've been lodged for a number of games now, and that's on the beach. They were on the beach against Wolves. They didn't even turn up to the beach against Wolves in that 4-0 hiding they got a few weeks back. That seems like two years ago now. And they certainly did not look anywhere near Premier League material in the game against Brentford. Not up to it, not in any condition to be a Premier League team. The mentality isn't right. The desire isn't there. The hunger isn't there. And now it's all about individuals playing on a team, pretending that they are a team. I believe there's dissension in the clubhouse. I believe that the dressing room is split. And you can see it more and more now. Once I used to say that there was a sense of positivity in having players having a go at each other because... In my view, at that point, it showed that the players cared enough to dig each other out publicly on the pitch. But now, now, weeks and weeks and months after I said that, what we're seeing now is disunity laid bare before our very eyes. I don't think a lot of these players even really like being around each other. And it manifests itself in the way they play the game, or at least in the way some of them approach this game, Emmanuel Dennis. Because after that first half where Watford didn't even put their boots on, the second half was marginally better. Marginally better. And Brentford decided to turn up the volume just a little bit, turn up the heat just a little bit. And with that ever so incremental turning of the dial, they began to take on Watford for real. A Watford that did not trouble David Rea in the Brentford goal in the first half. A Watford that did not remotely unsettle the defence of Brentford in that first half. A Watford that moved the ball slowly at pedestrian pace against that Brentford team in the first half. And Emmanuel Dennis personified the lethargic, pathetic, inept performance in front of Brentford's goal. Whenever he got the ball, he was more interested in showing the crowd at the Vic his dribbling skills and tackling skills, which weren't very good because he lost the ball on numerous occasions going down that right flank. Instead of playing like a team player, Emmanuel Dennis played like a me player. And that is what he has been throughout this season. Do not let the goal he scored in the 56th minute of the game fool you. Emmanuel Dennis may have scored 10 goals this season, but he has not contributed a whole lot to the notion of what team is. There may be I in the word Dennis, but there is no I in team. But Dennis seems to confuse the the two. And when he scored in the 56th minute, I really did not believe that was even a goal. Clearly, VAR had got things wrong because Ismail Assar, who has been dreadful since he's come back to the team from injury, was offside. In the grand scheme of things, it's all academic now. But as far as I can see, and as far as I'm concerned... Watford's goal was just a gift given to them by VAR. They were due for one of these kinds of gifts. But the thing is, Watford did not unwrap the gift that had been given to them. And as a result, they did not continue to take advantage of the gift that they were given in that 56th minute. They did not kick on. They did not sustain any pressure on Brentford. So for the next 10 to 15 minutes, which were, I think, a very key part of that second half and a key part of the game overall. Watford allowed Brentford to come on to them. And you knew that Brentford were going to come out of their shell and go for the game now that it was tied at 1-1 because they wanted to get three points and they wanted the three points far more than Watford did. Brentford are a team that is safe at 36 points or 37 points. Now they've got more than that, of course. But at the time they were coming into this game, they were safe. They literally needed maybe one more point. But the problem for Watford was that Brentford were hungrier about winning this game. They wanted the game more in the second half. And Watford were only too content to just sit back and allow Brentford to do whatever they wished. And they did it. Brentford could have scored more goals. Ivan Tony had a almighty volley from all of, what, 35, 40 yards out that almost caught Ben Foster out and almost, literally two feet away from the other side of the post. And that would have been a done and dusted situation for Brentford. And Watford would have been out of contention much earlier in this game. But as Brentford went forward, Watford tried in vain After the 15 minutes of doing nothing, they tried in vain in the final 10 to 15 minutes to conjure up something, but it was not enough. And as a result, Josh King and then Imran Lauzer, missing inexplicably when there was nobody in the goal in front of him, was a big, big factor there. And then right after that, right at the end of the game, Brentford go down the other end, get a corner and score off a set piece. You could see it coming. You really could. And in the Premier League, you know very well that you cannot afford to sleep. You cannot afford to give space. You cannot afford to switch off. And you cannot afford to fail to take your chances. Watford really did not take measure of their chances in this game. Ismail Saw was invisible in the game. Most of the players did not put in a shift. There are only three or four who did. One of them was Kuchka who had, I think, a very good game despite the defeat. I think Lauzer had a good game despite his miss. And João Pedro had moments where he was trying to influence the game. Sizoko had his usual verve. But it all was way too little. The reason Watford lost this game was not because Lauzer missed an open goal. Not because Josh King hit a post. Not because... Watford did not score. The real reason they lost this game was the first half that they completely gave away. That's how they lost this game. The first half of the game itself. Watford did not invest in those first 47 minutes. And because they didn't, they ended up paying the price. And that is what led directly to all of the scrambling and the pressure at the end of the game. And when you are scrambling and you're desperate like that in the last possible minutes of a game, and you're trying in vain and really trying desperately to make a mark, you are doing all the things in two minutes that you didn't do in the first 47 minutes of the game, namely that first half. And because you did not take stock of anything, resembling responsibility for your play, resembling any interest in trying to get this game and win this game and play for some pride because you didn't care about pride, because you didn't care about the badge, because you didn't care about the fans. You ended up scrambling all around in desperation in those final minutes of the game, hoping that you'd score. When you had 45 plus two minutes in the first half, in which to do the very same thing, and you took the half off. Watford took the half off in the first half. As I said before, it's plain and simple. And as a result of that, they all tried in vain, scrambling around desperately at the end. And of course, when you're frantically searching for an equalizer, and you don't have any confidence, and you are facing relegation, and you are all at sea, and you don't have... Technically proficient passers, you don't have passers that can put the ball right where you need it. You have passers who don't care where the ball's going. Because you have all of those things and the gang that couldn't shoot straight, you have yet again, yet another defeat at the Vic. And the reason why you lost the game was because you lost the first half, because you didn't even turn up in the first half. It is that simple. Brentford held on and win by a score of two goals to one, taking six points from Watford, their fellow promotion rivals. And this is a team that Watford came up with, although Watford came up a good month or so before Brentford did. Watford were promoted second to last week in April. Brentford were promoted around the last week of May. So, despite having a whole month head start on Brentford, it is Brentford that are going to stay up in the Premier League, and it's Watford who are going to go down back into the Championship. I'm going to talk about why that is right after this. Stay tuned for the next portion of (music) Yuan's. Welcome back to You Warns. I'm Omar Moore. Cobblestones and fiddlesticks at the Vic, And that's what it's been like all season long. Watford have only had two wins this season at home in the Premier League. Two. I'm not sure where the third's coming from. There may not be a third in the Premier League this season at the Vic. We'll see. There's still about, what, three more home games to go? Games against Burnley, games against Everton, and games against Leicester City. Not in that order. It's Burnley, Leicester, then Everton. Everton, the final home game of the season. How did we get to this point at Vicarage Road? How did this club get to 22 Premier League defeats? Well, it actually didn't start this season. Maybe I'm asking a trick question. It actually started at least a year or two or more ago. The recruitment has been poor for a number of years at the Vic. There is no secret about it. I think every Watford fan knows that the recruitment has been appalling over the last few years. There has not been a commitment to develop the youngsters and bring them into the first team. What there has been quite often is develop the youngsters, and then send them off to different football clubs. Or out on loan, and then they come back and don't ever really play any first-team football at all. I think the strategy must change. The strategy must change. There has to be some where-of-all to go with a longer-term game plan. And I think the failure of the board and their recruitment to go with a longer-term game plan than just five minutes is one of the reasons why Watford have got to the point of 22 Premier League losses in one season. I think in some ways the promotion from the Championship last season only papered over some of the cracks that people were aware of, but because promotion had been attained and achieved, people really did not, at least some people, did not raise too much of a fuss. There have been issues with recruitment, as I said, for a long time. I look back at the technical director, Filippo Giraldi, and some of the appallingly wrong decisions he made, the fact that the owner stood by him as he was making those appallingly wrong decisions, and then finally, Giraldi was given a Sayonara, goodbye notice. By then the damage had been done and then when Christian Gioretta came in people were expecting something different but more of the same has happened, really. There are some fine young talents like Joseph Hungbo who is instead working wonders at the club he is presently playing for on loan. Will the Watford hierarchy ever see fit to bring Joseph Hungbo back into the fold at Watford as a first-team player. He played for a few minutes in the Championship last season and got injured. In fact, it was against Brentford that he played. That was the game that Watford had already achieved promotion in from the previous week and went into the game at Brentford really with house money and technically with a chance to still win the division. But after losing the game 2-0 at Brentford they were no longer in with a chance of winning the division. That was really the day that Norwich clinched the division in the championship. And a year later now both Norwich and Watford are going to be heading back there. Talents like Joseph Hungbo, Hungbo should not be playing loney football. They should be Being developed in the Watford ranks. And I mean in the first team. Now Shaq Ford. Was named to the first team squad today. For the Watford versus Brentford match. But he didn't see any playing time. The manager didn't see fit to bring him onto the pitch. And show what he could do. The game is up now for Watford. They are not going to be in the Premier League next season. They are not going to be in the Premier League next season. That's not going to happen. So why on earth didn't this manager at least put Shaq Ford into that lineup at some point during the game? Just to show the crowd what they are working with. If you think it's good enough to have Shaq Ford in your first team lineup, at least named to the bench, then... It should be good enough. It should be good enough to actually play the man. Now he may have played perhaps in the FA Cup game against Leicester. I believe he may have done that. If memory serves me correctly back in January. Maybe not. But all of these youngsters that you did play. You should be developing them and keeping them in your first team. Using them as options. Bed them in. 15 minutes there. 20 minutes there. 15 minutes here, 25 minutes there. What is the harm in that? You're going down anyway. You may as well try. There is nothing wrong with trying these lads out in these games in the Premier League to give them a taste of what the Premier League's about and show how they deal with that pressure. And what Watford have not done well this season is bet in the youngsters. Matty Pollock, who they got in, He ended up going out on loan, I believe, to Cheltenham Town or somewhere like that. A defender who played his entire season there at Cheltenham Town or wherever he plays on loan. And instead of betting him into your squad and having him around the place, having him about the place, giving him an opportunity, Watford FC didn't do that. They didn't choose to do that. They chose to put him out on loan. We might have been able to use an extra defender, We could have bedded him in and put him in the squad in the first team. I shudder to think what's going to happen next season. Will the Watford hierarchy jettison someone like a player like this? Do you think that's going to happen? Matty Pollock? Do you think he's going to get jettisoned and leaving the club without having even played a minute for them? That's happened so many times. It seems as if we don't like the youngsters. We can develop the youngsters in the academy, but then we don't give them any playing time in the first team when it comes to Premier League football. And then there's no plan B. What's the plan B behind the recruitment? You bring the lads in, you put some of them in the academy, you let them go up the ranks, and then you loan them off somewhere when you should not be doing that. And all of this to me comes at the expense of stability. You you fire a manager every two minutes and there's no continuity, no game plan. It's all patchwork quilt. It's all cobblestones and fiddlesticks. There isn't any cohesion or plan beyond five minutes. It's like an untoward child that is running around because it's so full of sugar from all the sweets that you've given it. And it's turning one way and turning the other and running here, there and everywhere. That is not a game plan for success. Because while it might work for a few years, for a few seasons, it eventually comes undone. And you get too cavalier with your success because you managed to go to an FA Cup file. You managed to get a couple of promotions over the last few years. And then you got some fans who boost you and boost your ego by saying you know what you all have done a good job but you know what the times are much worse than these so you're blowing things out of perspective and it's not a big deal because hey it's just way out of proportion you're blowing this way out of problem way out of proportion and so some of the people who are in charge hear that and they start to live off of that they start to fall in love with their own shadow They get souped up, they get excited and they think that the headlines and the press clippings are beholden to them, that they believe their own press and they believe some of what some of the fans at Watford tell them. But when there are other fans of a Watford persuasion who can see that the wheels are coming off your enterprise, I think it's about time you start to listen to everyone at the club, everyone outside the club who cares about the club. Because you are not the only people who do care. And I think that the greediness of the financial necessities that you must undertake when you're trying to balance the books of the club. I think those kinds of things have been made an absolute priority over anything else, including the recruiting, including the cohesion, Of the team, the connection of the team to the fans, the connection of the players to the fans, the connection of the club to the fans. I think all of those things have taken a back seat over the last few years at Watford Football Club in service of the money, the finances, the juggling between three different football clubs, now two different football clubs because Granada has been sold. And all of that is where we are presently. And the the fact is, is that there is no business model other than to swap players between two football clubs and get a profit out of selling the players that they do end up selling on. And all of that is at the expense of stability, of building blocks, building a squad, building a foundation, building a structure. So the youngsters that get developed in the academy, they don't even have a connection to the first team. Because the first team is more than likely not a place they're going to end up being in. And those are cruel facts. And I think that that is what has been one of the biggest problems at Watford Football Club over the last few years. It truly is one of those kinds of things that you look at and say to yourself, my goodness me opportunities have been a-wasted. They have been a-wasted and a-wasted because the people in charge at Watford, they care about the club. But I think first and foremost, they care about the profits. Now, I know profits are very important and you have to have profits. No one would ever say otherwise. I certainly would not. But I think in terms of what the future holds, And what the long-term game plan is... Well, there's no long-term game plan because... Again, it's a moment-to-moment plan. And it's really about being at a craps table at Vegas... And rolling some dice... To see where they all end up. Is it going to be Snake Eyes? Or is it going to be something better than Snake Eyes? Cobblestones and fiddlesticks. And that's really what it's turned out to be. Because... While the sun shone at the Vic on Saturday, while the sun exposed people at the Vic, people on the pitch, like Emmanuel Dennis, people on the board, what it has done and revealed is a lack of continuity, connection, and cohesion. And when you have a lack of continuity, a lack of connection, and a lack of cohesion, you've got nothing. You have absolutely nothing. And at the result of that, a relegation. When you've told fans that you have learned something, and your Premier League season that follows reveals that you've not learned a damn thing, then questions should be asked. Questions must be raised. Ideas must be facilitated. I don't think that the hierarchy at Watford has spent nearly enough time lately ensuring Watford as a viable, solid, consistent team that lives up to the values that Sir Elton John, and now late Graham Taylor, espoused. I think there's less of an emphasis on that. And there's less of an emphasis of connection to the fans. Now, don't get me wrong. Watford Football Club does some very good things very well still. Many things very well. But the recruiting is not one of those things. The communication to the fans is certainly not one of those things. And the connection from the players to the fans, is not one of those things. I think that that's the reality that we all must look at. That's the reality that accounts for why Watford, in part why, Watford have lost 22 Premier League games this season, more than any other team in the Premier League. There's just a bit more coming up next on u Attention fellow Watford fans, Omar here. Just wanted to let you know that there will be another you wfc open forum on the twitter Spaces is coming up in the next few days stay tuned to that please come with your ideas and suggestions and your approaches to making some of the things that need to change at watford better making things better at watford fc that is the focus your ideas and your contributions are highly welcomed and valued please join me coming up in the next few days I'll be sending out more details on Twitter at WFC. Please follow me there. Welcome back to Yuan's. I think that Watford are going to have to look at building a foundation for recruitment. A stability of recruitment an idea of what is going to be the strategy as far as recruitment is concerned and building blocks for the future for Watford players and building that base and foundation to have a wealth of youth and talent from which to build a solid team for the future from. There has to be a pathway to that. And there has to be a culture that says that youth is valued at Watford And that we are going to develop youth and make them a part of the first team squad and make them grow in that squad and grow into that squad. I think over the years Watford have got away from that and there is too much expediency. And I think that a lot of those areas, recruitment, stability, focus, identity, have all been neglected at the expense of all those things have been neglected in favor of solely looking at the profit model. All football clubs now are businesses, and they have been. But there has to be some balance. And I think that what's happened here over the last few years at least is that in some aspects, some of the hierarchy has not had that balance in what its goals are. Certainly, what has been neglected have been the fans, the communications to the fans. And these are important things, even as there are some Watford fans who do not think it is nearly as bad as what a lot of people in the Watford fan base are saying. It is bad when Watford fans are telling you that they are alienated from you as a club, that there's no connection to the club. And it doesn't matter if you've supported the club for one month or 55, 65 years. The fact is, is that when Watford fans are saying this, it's something you should pay attention to. And when you clearly see that the managerial merry-go-round is not working anymore. It's time to change your tactics. It's time to have a different kind of strategy to employ. Because all of this, despite the FA Cup appearance in the final. All of this, despite the two promotions. All of this, despite a good finish in the table in one year in the Premier League. 11th, their highest ever finish in the Premier League. Despite all of that, what has it got you now? A place back in the championship where you had previously said that you had learned a lesson. You had learned a lesson, you said. But you haven't learned anything because you're back, right back to where you started from as the song goes, as the song says. Right back to where we started from. I think that's Maxine Nightingale or something. It's been a long time. I do remember that song. I'm not going to try to sing it. But that's where Watford are now. Right back to where they started from. Championship team. And dare I say they've been championship material all season long. I think the question to ask Watford fans, Watford supporters, is this question. If you want a stability at your club, if you want a stable model, if you want a stable foundation, a platform to build on, if you want stability at the club, are you prepared for five, maybe even 10 years in the championship or even in leagues lower than that? If it means that you're going to be a stable and cohesive outfit that knows what it is about in the boardroom, that knows what it is about in the recruiting, that knows what it is about in terms of its connection to the fans. Are you prepared to spend the next five to ten seasons in the championship or longer? Are you prepared to spend the next five to ten years in the championship or even in League One football? if it means that the model and the values are centred around stability and bringing up the youth through the ranks and into the first team, where they can make some kind of impact and grow their careers at Watford, rather than be a pit stop at Watford before they go on to a club that might take them on that's bigger than Watford is. Are you prepared to do that, Watford fans? And what is the outlook going to be like? What is that going to be? How will this club begin to start appealing to players who actually want to be at the club? Not just because the club is a family club, and that's very important, of course. Not just because the facilities at the club are very good. Thank you, Gino. You did do that for us, and you have done that for us, and we're grateful for that. But also because... There is going to be a meaningful future to be had at Watford. And that you will really want to play for them because there's going to be a manager there who's going to be there for more than five minutes. That is the question that needs to be posed. That's a question that the board needs to think about. That is the question that Watford fans have to look at. Specifically the question for Watford fans, and I'll say it again, are you prepared to spend five to ten seasons in the championship, or even in a lower division than that, if it means that after that time, you all you will be a stable club with, and I say stable, what I'm talking about is a recruitment system that's stable, a managerial market that's stable, in terms of the kind of manager you're bringing into the club to bring up the youth. To appeal to the youth, to appeal to a different sensibility at Watford, to bring an identity and ethos to Watford on the pitch, in all phases of play on the pitch. Are you willing to spend the next five seasons or 10 seasons in the championship? Because if this present model continues as is, you will be further down than the championship. Or you might be yo-yoing back between the Premier League and the Championship the way Norwich has been doing. Quite frankly, if you ask me, I'd prefer stability and maybe two or three or even four seasons in the Championship if it means that this club is going to be a more viable and stable place from which to build talent and recruit. I do think that that is the option I would take what would your choice be don't forget you can follow yuorns on twitter at yuorns wfc and on instagram at the same address please subscribe to the yuorns wfc youtube channel on youtube for all match reports well some match reports and observations from yours truly Visit uornswfc.wordpress.com and subscribe to this podcast, won't you please? It's available on Apple Podcasts and other places where you get your podcasts. The uorns.com store is still open for business in the last days of this season. Just a few weeks more to go now. That's all for now. On this episode of You Ons, I'm Omar Moore, and until next time, you...